Things settled down for the next few days. Jean was to be kept in the hospital a little longer than strictly necessary, just to make sure there weren't any complications. His aura had been unlocked in time to heal most of his damage. A miracle. Some of the doctors claimed, anyway. Jean knew from Pira, though, that his aura had always been much larger than average. It hadn't been able to repair everything, however. Not as it would have done were it unlocked from the start. Jean would forever have a ghastly scar across his stomach, the skin there darker in colour, a jagged line across his abdomen. All in all, it wasn't a bad trade from his point of view. What was a scar at the end of the day, compared to the life of another? It also wasn't anywhere obvious, so no one could even rarely see it. His family visited on most days, either in groups or as individuals. His mother alternated between fussing over him, rebuking him for risking his life, or sometimes just staring at him in an effort to prove he was still alive. His sisters, on the other hand, worked to keep him entertained, reading books or chatting about what was going on, even sneaking games in for him to play with them. It was never really needed, and all he really wanted to do was sleep, but he could tell it was much more comfort to them as it was for him. His absence from the household was clearly affecting them after such trauma. It made sense. They would take what chances they had to make sure he was safe. He wouldn't even deny them that. So it was that on the fourth day, Jean found himself playing a game of checkers with his oldest sister, Sapphire. The board rested across his knees as they each moved pieces along. John stifled a yawn behind one hand, idly wishing he could catch some more naps. He was a recovering young man, after all, which meant he needed at least 18 hours of beauty sleep. Are you coming home soon, then? Sapphire asked as the game came to an end. There's a lot of homework that's been piling up for you. Don't I get out of doing that? He sighed as he reset the pieces. Really? It was just like Sapphire to focus on something like that. She'd always be the second mother of the family. Something that was probably a necessity when there were just so many children. Juniper couldn't do everything on her own, and Sapphire was the oldest by a good three years. There was probably a story there too, as to why they had one child then a three year gap before spitting out kids so fast it wasn't even funny. Jean wasn't sure he wanted to hear that story, though. At least it scar him for all eternity. A well-rounded education is a valuable gift. The girl sniffed, pushing back her bright blonde hair, which she kept in a long braid. Not that you wouldn't know it, considering how poor your grades are. That made him wince. What an embarrassing concept. To be behind in grades, considering he was old enough that he really shouldn't be scoring less than children. If Pira could see him now, she'd shake her head. Really? He imagined she'd got on well with Sapphire. They both had that mothering personality, along with a tendency to adopt anything weaker than them. You need to put more work into things, the woman sighed. You just can't sleep your way through life, no matter how lazy you are. It was a regular argument between them but it had never sounded quite so personal before. There was an underlying frustration and anger in her voice. That's not what this is about, is it? Jean proted that mess. You've been off ever since I got injured. Let's not beat around the bush, Saf. What's the problem? The problem? Sapphire went still, the board in his lap rattling lightly as she grabbed the edges. How can you ask me what the problem is after what you pulled? This again. He said sorry enough lately. He wasn't even apologetic, 
about making the decision at all. Juniper had been in danger. He had been there. What about that was difficult to understand? It was a single Beowulf. And that, she accused, pointing at his face. I see you rolling your eyes like this isn't even something worth talking about. You nearly died. But I didn't. He tried to reason. She was right. He could definitely stand to sound a little more affected by it all. No one should be as biased about it as he was. But his body and mind were tired in equal measure. The recovery taking it all out of him. The worst didn't happen. I'm fine. Just relax a little, okay? I'm the oldest. Sapphire shook her head from side to side so fast that her braid nearly slapped him in the face. It's my responsibility to look after you, not yours to rush in like that. You're angry because I took that away from you? Jean frowned. That seems like a fairly childish way of acting for the one who claims to be the oldest. I'm a little surprised, to be honest. You bastard. His sister cried out as she roared to her feet. You damn bastard. How dare you. I don't care about that. I'm angry because you made me choose. Choose what? She didn't give him time to speak. You just pushed Amber into my arms and told me to get them all to safety. And suddenly, I was responsible for all their lives. But mum told me to get you out too. And you went back in. What was I supposed to do? Tears welled up at the edges of her blue eyes, threatening the spirit as Jean stared at her woodenly. Was I meant to rush back to help you? And place all six of them in danger? Or get out and abandon you to die? She had gotten them to safety. And for that, he loved her. You made the right decision. There were six of them and only one of him. It was the obvious choice to save them. Especially since they would have been utterly defenseless and lost without Sapphire's guidance. You made the right choice. Yeah, well, I don't want to make the right choice. Not if it's as stupid as that. I abandoned you. I chose to leave you behind to die. Her breath came out as a great gasp. The girl struggling to bring herself under control. It doesn't matter if you survived or not. That doesn't change the fact that I had to make the choice to let you die. That's not fair. It's not. Jean leaned back in the bed, allowing his eyes to drift shut. It wasn't fair. And yet, ironically, it was exactly what he was doing right now, wasn't it? making the choice to let his friends die so that a better result would occur. It wasn't the wrong choice, in the same way that Sapphire's choice hadn't been wrong, but it still hurt. I don't know what to say, he admitted after a few long moments. I don't hate you, if that's what you mean. There was nothing, there wasn't, there wasn't anything you could have done. Not with the resources you had available. You can't fight. None of you can. But you were able to keep everyone calm and get them out. Not everyone could have achieved that. I don't hate you, Saf. I love you. I wanted to save everyone, her face seemed to say. To which he desperately wished he could stand up and hold her. Me too, Sapphire. He fought instead. Me too. I'm sorry I'm being selfish. No. You're not. I'll leave you be. Get well soon, Jean. The door slammed shut behind her, leaving him alone in a room he couldn't leave. Damn it. That Grim had really messed everything up. Why had it been there in the first place? Events like that? Ones that weren't governed by random chance? They didn't happen. 
There wasn't even a case in which Cinder randomly had a change of heart. Or Ribby was at a different dust store and thus failed to get into Beacon. Similarly, if he didn't change anything, and he hadn't, then something like that shouldn't have happened. Was it his negativity? Had the Grimm been attracted by him specifically because of the emotional turmoil of abandoning his friends? Maybe. But also unlikely. If that had been the case, then surely it would have focused on him instead of going for his mother. Similarly, when he'd gone to save her, there hadn't been another up top waiting for his sisters. Nicholas had killed that one, judging by the angry shout he could remember. But it still didn't make sense. Any negativity he might have caused was surely balanced by his happiness in other areas. He was at peace. He enjoyed learning the guitar, not to mention he was genuinely happy to spend time with his family. He didn't feel negative enough to warrant Grimm appearing like that. So why? Why had a Beowulf appeared when it never had before? Even if he couldn't remember his original life, even if it was so far back as to be nothing more than a distant feeling, one thing he knew for certain was that he hadn't ever encountered a Grimm before Beacon. Because if this had happened, his mother would have been dead the first time. But what changed? Jean hit the grass hard. For a moment he considered staying there too. It was cool with the early dew of the morning, soft like the most wonderful pillow, and the scent of it was of fresh, fresh air down his lungs. The whistling sound above him soon changed his mind, however. Time out. Jean cried as he rolled away, struggling to his feet just in time to raise the practice shield before him. Turned out Nicholas Arc didn't really understand the concept of time out. Judging from the way his blade struck Jean's shield, lifting him from his feet and sending him back down to the ground. You've got some fancy tricks. His father sounded utterly casual, as though the effort of 20 minutes constant sparring was lost on him. But you need more strength to make them work. I'm surprised how fast you were able to pick up the forms, though. A few tricks. He bled and died to learn his fighting style, and his father was able to tear them apart in a few short exchanges. No. That wasn't a fair approximation at all. If Drum were as strong as he normally was around this time, given a full year or more to train to his utmost, then he was confident he could hold his own. Maybe even win. But as he was now, with two years of... <laughs> well, two years of lazy lifestyle, there was no chance. No amount of fancy footwork, skill, or experience would be enough to uproot a hunter like Nicholas. Not when he had a comparable experience and skill. Maybe a little less of the latter. Jean was older, after all, even if that was a major technicality, but it still didn't matter. Pure skill did not always trump conditioning. That had become alarmingly obvious when he'd gotten the edge on the man, twisting his sword in such a way that Nicholas had to fight to keep hold of his own, but he just brute forced his way through it, kicking Jean away of enough force to send him into a tree. Yeah! Go down! A voice called from the sidelines. Jean glared at the three girls sat there. Sable and Koro grinned back. Fight on, Jean! Koro echoed, sketching something down into a notepad as she watched the spa. And why are you two watching this anyway? Jean growled back as he staggered up. His body was already fighting against him, letting him know the sleep would be a welcoming thing right now. Damn it, Koro! Are you writing me into one of your stories again? Just the fight scenes. This is good for inspiration. The short girl defended, biting down on the end of her pen as she looked at him. I took your name out after you complained the last time. 
I complain because you wrote me into some boy-on-boy -boy smut. As a submissive, too. He didn't say that out loud, though. Not when she would hear him and get her own revenge. Likely by writing him into something particularly humiliating. It was a small mercy that his sister was an amateur writer at best. She'd sell some of her works to the local shops, and she had a small following in Anza. But it wasn't going to reach Vale or anything. Hooray for small miracles. By the way... Sable cocked a grin as she pointed behind him. Jean didn't have time to see what she was referring to, but he certainly felt it. Or six and a half feet of it, delivered through a shoulder charge. Don't take your eyes off the enemy, Nicholas told his son, who currently was laid flat on his ass staring at the sky. The Grim aren't going to wait for you to finish a conversation. That's not very polite of them, Jean groaned. Are we done yet? Like you said... I've already got the forms down. It's not like I need training to become an actual hunter. If he hoped that throwing that reminder out there would help influence his father, then he was surely disappointed. The man was an absolute slave driver. It had been a month or so since he'd come back from the hospital. They'd been training nearly every day for three weeks now, and there didn't seem to be any sign that he would be stopping soon. It was only about an hour each day, nothing compared to how much effort he had put into the previous lives. Hell. Even compared to how much training he normally did in a day, this was nothing, but it was painful for someone still recovering. If this was supposed to be his rehabilitation, then he wanted to talk to a doctor. You'll need to learn your limits. We'll be continuing until we find it. I'm fairly sure we've just found it. He pulled himself to his feet nonetheless, arranging the sword and shield before him. Since they each had aura unlocked, they used real steel though the edges were blunted to prevent any mistakes. Then only made it hurt all the more when it struck, however. At least he'd gotten a few good hits on these old man. Something a person his age would never been able to achieve. It was those red marks and bruises across his father's arms and shoulders that gave Jean the confidence to continue. Or maybe it was just a catharsis. That satisfying look on Nicholas's face when Jean managed to land a particularly cruel blow. He wasn't bitter about this training, honestly. On a skill level, I'm probably far above most of the people who are headed to Beacon. Jean fought himself as he deflected the first strike, turning his play just enough to ensure his father's was knocked against his own. Nicholas fought to disengage as Jean struck with the shield, only for the man to take it on one shoulder and back away warily. That's not difficult though. I've had decades training with the sword and shield. On pure skill and technique alone, he outclassed even Pira. But that was only half the story. Counters, versatility, semblances, and fitness. They all played a dangerous part. If he were for some reason locked in a life and death struggle with Pyrrha, then it would almost certainly end in his death, unless he managed to get the drop on her. As he was now, she was likely faster, stronger, and had more stamina. Add on to that the deranged options she had thanks to her weapon, and the contest was even more unbalanced. But then there was her semblance which could literally disarm him at any moment. Nicholas didn't have anything like that, but the man's conditioning alone was too great for Jean. He was barely able to block the next attack, taking it on his shield. He wanted to cut down with his sword, slam the edge into the man's fingers to make him drop the blade, but Nicholas had already retreated by the time Jean's blade struck. It didn't matter what techniques he knew, if his opponent was too fast for him. <gasps> Jean's shield was knocked aside, Nicholas barging into his guard, a step back, 
an instinctive move to secure better footing. Kurokomo, no, just a training blade, came up in time to parry the first strike. His forearm met the next, a move which would have resulted in agony, but thanks to the aura, likely not have cost him the arm. John's fist skimmed his opponent's cheek. Nicholas just managed to get out of the way in time, before a knee struck Jean directly on the stomach, bending him over as he collapsed to the floor. Good. Good. His father praised, somehow able to ignore the sounds of Jean retching into the grass. I like that you're adaptive. Too many people seem to think the sword is their only weapon. Uh, I hate you. Jean groaned into the grass, biting a few strands and chewing them in his mouth to remove the taste of vomit. Eh. Nicholas shrugged. Love. Hate. They're not mutually exclusive. Jean's might soon be. Sable teased, as she helped drag the young man over to the logs they were sat on. Jean managed some quick thanks as she held a bottle of water to his lips for him to greedily drink from. Ah, this brings back memories. Is baby thirsty? Jean tried to glare, but the pain and thirst was too great. Instead, he just laid there in abject mortification as his older sister bottle-fed him. He would have his vengeance. Looks like you're lasting a lot longer than you used to. Cora closed her notebook with a small slap of leather on paper. You almost made it for an hour today. As opposed to the 40 minutes or so when you started. I guess all this training is doing something for your stamina. Her green eyes took on a teasing edge, though. I've heard from some of the women around here that stamina usually isn't your problem. Yeah. Sable dropped him like a rock, sending him spilling to the floor. Water slashing across his shirt. What if I catch something from touching him? Depends on what way you want to touch him. Ugh, Coral! Jean sighed as the two got into another fight. One he chose to ignore as he lay on the ground by their feet, occasionally holding up an arm to stop one of the sisters from stomping on him by accident. If he could just close his eyes for a few seconds, then he could get some slip. Sapphire! Or not. Seriously? Was nowhere sacred? That he couldn't even fall asleep on the floor without someone finding a way to interrupt him? Wh what the hell? Sable's voice was choked, and when John pushed himself that he was sitting up, he could see why. What did you do to your hair? It was just going to get into the way. The oldest of them stood before them, dressed in some tracksuit trousers and a white tee. It wouldn't have been anything unusual, was it not for the conspicuous absence of a two-foot-long braid, and as the place was a sloppy cut that barely reached her shoulders. Sweetheart, Nicholas sighed. Did you cut that yourself? I think I should take you to a hairdresser. Sapphire flashed at the insinuation, though John could even see it was a rough and uneven cut. L later, I want to train as well. Teach me how to fight. Jean froze. Nicholas too. Even as Coral and Sable gasped and looked towards one another. None of the girls had ever shown a desire to learn anything related to fighting. Hadn't Sapphire always wanted to be a teacher? This never happened before. I won't unlock your aura. Nicholas stood firm. You know what risks that would give. Jean's was a necessity and this is a result of that. You don't need to fight. Don't need? Sapphire laughed. How can you say that I won't ever need to fight? I don't care about my aura. I don't even want it unlocked. Her blue eyes narrowed, 
fish clenched by her side. It reminded him of a few weeks ago, their argument in the hospital room. But I refuse to have no options again. I refuse to just sit there and let someone die because I'm too weak to even try and do anything about it. It could take years. Nicholas warned. Drawing wide eyes stared from both Jean and the other two girls. He was agreeing to this? I refuse to unlock your aura, since it will place you in danger. That means the training would take even longer. I don't care. Train me. S-Saph. Jean stepped between the two. Nicholas allowed it by stepping back. But his sister looked incensed by the intrusion. The dangerous look she wielded whenever discipline was about to be invoked. Look, this isn't something you need to do. I know how you feel. But there was nothing you could have... If I knew how to fight, then it would have been something I could have done. Do you think you're the only one who should have the right to protect those they love? Are you that arrogant? I'm not being arrogant, Jean wanted to say. I just know there's no point. Because this life wouldn't exist long enough for her to make a difference. The Ark family would live a relatively peaceful life before Cinder swept across the kingdom. It would be the one final place to fall, and by that time, no amount of training would let Sapphire stem the tide. Was he? Was he being arrogant? That reasoning made it sound like the efforts would never matter, because at the end of the day, he was the only one of the knowledge and time to stop Cinder's plans. This run was supposed to be about him spending time with his family, and he didn't want training and war to interfere with that. To force that lifestyle onto them, however? To deny them that chance? Did that make him as bad as his grandfather? He stepped aside. We'll start with conditioning. I want you to start building up some muscle mass and... Nicholas kept speaking, laying out a training regimen for the girl. Jean walked back to sit with his other two sisters, both of them watching in silence as Sapphire began her grueling sprints. Would this change things? Probably. Such was the nature of all decisions. Every move you made, every choice you took caused the world to alter and shape itself around you. They could only stick together as a family. Well, that's another chapter of Not This Time Fate. And as you can see, it's very, very different already. And I'm always excited when I read this story because it's just, it's a work of art. Now it's time for that weekly begging. If you would be so honored to leave a like and subscribe and maybe even comment, I would forever be grateful. Hope you all have a good day.